Seahawks 360 podcast, a sports ethos production where we look at the Seahawks from every angle every week. I'm your host, Candace Hagens, and as always, it is a pleasure and it's a privilege to talk Hawks with you guys. Well, the NFL schedule has finally been released, and while we have known the opponents for quite some time now, there has been a lot of questions about who the order with which we're going to play. And so we're going to go through the whole schedule today. I'm going to break everything down for you, give some of the advantages I think that the Hawks could have against certain matchups and some of the dis- some of the disadvantages that I think they could have against certain matchups. So we're going to do a lot of that. And then I want to talk about the state of the roster as a whole, what I think about it. We've gone through free agency. We've gone through the draft. And it really is a new look, a new look roster in some ways. So I'll talk about how I think we've gotten better and maybe some ways that I think the team can still improve. So we have a lot to get into. So let's get into it and talk some Hawks. So as I said, guys, let's start off this, this episode with a schedule reveal known opponents for a while. So let's just go through. We're going to go, I'm going to go week by week and just talk a little bit about each team, the matchup, and just what I like. Now, I will say my overall broad perspective on the on the schedule before I get into my week-to-week breakdown, I think that it, it's got some ups and downs. Everybody knows by now about the tough stretch that we're going to have in the middle of the season, and it is a brutal stretch. We'll get more into that. But there are some things I don't really like about the roster. I don't like the, the week five bye week. Not a big fan of that, especially given how intense the the schedule does get in the middle of the season. Much rather have that, but they had a a, a pretty a, a greatly placed bye week last year, I think. So we hardly ever get those back to back. So with that being said, it is what it is. But there are some reasonable games, and I think that the Seahawks will benefit from being in a weaker division at this point. It really is the Seahawks and 49ers division. Um, this year, I, I, I'll talk more about it, but those are really the, the clear competitive teams this season. And so they'll get some wins for that, but I've got a lot of, I, I, I see, despite some of the challenges, I see a lot of upside and I really am high on what the Seahawks can do this year. So you'll get a relatively optimistic perspective for me in this regard. So Let's get started with the Los Angeles Rams. That's that'll be a week one game uh, at 1:25 p.m. and it's a home opener, which is great. Uh, always great to open up in front of the 12s, and I think that's a pretty clear win. I, I don't really see. I understand that that Matt Stafford will be back. And, and it's because we won. It'd be really great if we were playing them later on in the year because I don't even know. If, I, I don't really trust the health of Matthew Stafford at this point in his career. He's always been injured, but his injury last year seemed uh, not quite season injury, ending, but it, it seemed pretty serious. And it, it, it leaves me questions about what he will be able to do moving forward. Did we, Have we already seen the best of him? I think it's a good chance that yes, but even if he's at his best and in week one, he probably will be that. I just don't see much else on this roster. They're leading running back right now. Looking at their depth chart is Cam Akers, who 
is inconsistent at best. At one point, they were going to cut the guy. He really came on at the end of the year for them. So now he's running back one. This is a clearly rebuilding team. The only real threats they have on this team is obviously Cooper Cup. He's going to be phenomenal. And I'll talk a little bit about, you know, know, his presence in the slot. He's always been able to kill the Seahawks. I don't really anticipate anything different unless the Seahawks change their strategy. Now, what I would like for them to do is Devin Witherspoon, our number five overall pick, has a lot of experience in college playing in the slot. I'd much rather see them start off the year with Devin Witherspoon in the slot. Now, I understand he's slated as an outside guy, but I think the Seahawks need to really be kind of creative with this. There are some really shifty guys in the slot, and I'm not saying you have to keep him there, but I'm saying... He's a number five overall pick. He is versatile. That's why you drafted him. His ability to to play both inside and out. Take advantage of that off the top. Cooper Cup is going to eat the... I mean, he's going to be the only real threat on this team. Don't let the only real threat on this team run wild by matching him up with Kobe Bryant, who will probably be improved, but he was... Honestly, he's he struggled outside of his forced fumbles. He struggled in coverage and the slide. And, And no wonder... He only played outside in college, so I actually think you'd be maximizing your talent by putting Kobe Bryant back on the outside or even just you know, benching him temporarily and putting in Mike Jackson on the outside and then play, putting Witherspoon in for this game. Could be advantageous, but like I said, the only real threat is Cooper Cup there. Their offensive line is still terrible in my opinion it's still a pretty poor offensive line they did draft Steve Avila uh, uh, um, Avella. I, I like him I do but week one that doesn't really do anything for me Aaron Donald of course will be on the defense and it's Aaron Donald and a bunch of nobody else that I know they did draft Byron Young but a rookie again it's, it's a really young team they're starting over they're starting fresh and it should be. So the Seahawks should get this win. And honestly, I want them to get this win handedly. Their offense and roster is just better all around. And it's, it's not really a question. So uh, I've got that as an easy dub for your Seattle Seahawks. And then the Seahawks are going to go in week two on the road. First road game against the Detroit Lions. Interestingly enough, the team that allowed them to even be in the playoffs last year by beating the Green Bay Packers will be a 10 a.m. game. And some people are scared of the 10 a.m. games. Like, that's a real fear for them. And, And it's legitimate because at one point it was a real fear. There was something truly about those 10 a.m. games that the team just wasn't right. But that hasn't been a thing for years, not just in the Russell, like in the later years of the Russell Wilson era, but even last year, I there, I just there weren't any games that I really felt like that was a factor. The only game that I really felt like the circumstances of the game itself, the time, the location, the uh, time zone change, whatever, really affected them was that Germany game. They looked terrible, and it looked like. Some of it was the extreme time travel, all of this fact the field was bad. It was a lot of factors going into how bad they looked that day. But I just don't think that that really will be a reason of fear for this team. 
Therefore, I really have them winning this game. Now, most people do not have them winning this game. Most people have this slated as a loss. And Detroit is a tough team. So, I'm by no means, this is not the same thing as me saying this should be the same type of dominant win that I would expect in week one against the Rams. This will probably be closer cut. It really will. Um, I just expect one that... And I know, so so let me give this. I understand the context of why people are slating this as a loss. The last time the Seahawks played the Detroit Lions, it was an absolute shootout. There was no defense to be found anywhere. It ended, it ended up being a really great game, to be honest. And the Seahawks were pretty much fully healthy, and the Detroit Lions were playing practice squad dudes at that point with their wide receiver core being so banged up. And it was still a really close game that came down to the end. So people are looking at that and they're saying, well, this team will be coming in healthier. And, you know, we could barely beat them. The Seahawks could barely beat that team as injured as they were. Well, I got to tell you, this team is not the same team as last year. Now, I think they've got some improvements, but they have lost some things on offense. What made the Detroit Lions so potent was their high-octane offense, with which that just quite frankly lost some pieces. And so I'm not, I think it will still be a tightly contested game for all the reasons that I named before. I still respect this Lions team. This is not your brother's or your or your dad's Lions team. This is a good team. They just drafted Jamar Gibbs. He, they drafted him too high, my head, in my opinion, but they drafted Jamar Gibbs. I expect him to... Be good out of the gate. They got Armand Ross St. Brown, of course. But that's really about it. They've already they lost DJ Chark. They lost Jamal Williams. They're run they're running back, so they don't have that same depth. Their backup running back right now is David Montgomery. He who's who's good, but not anything scary. Jameson Winston will be suspended. So you'll be playing a wide receiver core, Marvin Jones. Probably Josh Reynolds and Amon Ross St. Brown. Now, Amon Ross St. Brown, I expect him to tear us up. But again, if you're putting your number five overall pick for two weeks in a row in that slot spot to counter your Cooper Cup, to counter your Amon Ross St. Brown type of shifty guys who can get open in space and get third down conversions and keep, keep their offense on the field, if you can shut that down some, and make that much more difficult. I think that's the best way. Take out take out the one weapon you know. Now they do have a really good offensive line. It, the the pass rush probably will have a challenge in terms of getting to the quarterback. But I expect that to be the case on both sides. To be honest, they, we the, the Seahawks have more world breakers on the defensive front. I mean, at least the Seahawks have a Draymond Jones kind of guy. That can get at you. Jan, Jan Reed isn't known for pass rush, but I, I think he can get you some push. You got your edge guys, your Chinonawosu, who I think is really strong. You got uh, probably Boye Mafe is looking at like the projected starter right now. I think that's just better than the guys they have right now. And they do have Ada Hutchison. That is true. And I guess he and Draymond Jones will be equal in quality. But I just, I think that the, 
the Seahawks might have a slight edge in terms of pass rush and edge rushing. And then, like, considering, hopefully Jamal Adams will be back week one. There is a question about that, but if he's back, you just you got more blitz options. I just think that the Seahawks roster is a little bit more versatile to counter. I think the defense is better. I think their secondary, for sure, is a heck of a lot better. From a cornerback perspective, uh, they've got Cameron Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley. I'll take Devin Witherspoon, Tariq Woolen, all the and, and and maybe I guess Michael Jackson or Kobe Bryant all day. All day I'll take that trio over theirs. So that that's just my take on where where we are with things. It's unique, but I think that the Seahawks will get that W in a tightly contested game. So that in my mind right now, we're starting off two and oh, and then they go back home. To face the Carolina Panthers. And while the Carolina Panthers uh, got the number one overall pick in uh, Bryce Young, I I don't think they'll be ready. I'm sorry. I don't think they'll be ready to to get off competing. Uh, I think you will see that you're playing a rookie quarterback. I think the Seahawks can do some things, even defensively. Like when you're, when people have been breaking down these games, I've heard some schedule breakdowns and some schedule reactions. They talk a lot about what the offense can do, the Seahawks offense can do compared to the Seahawks defense. And I understand that because the Seahawks offense, I expect, will be the strength of the team. But I also think that the defense should be considered more and just how versatile this, this team is. You've got... Bobby Wagner that you can take advantage of from the Blitz. He is basically the bl- the best, if not, he's one of the best, if not the best, blitzing linebacker in the NFL still. And that's how the Rams used him, and he did very well. You got Jamal Adams, who is a absolute game wrecker when you use him, and he's going downhill. You got the versatility with Julian Love, who can play the nickel, who can play safety, who can really disguise what he's doing. He can blitz as well. You've got Draymond Jones who can play inside, who can even play outside. He can, he can do multiple things. Um, or, or should I say on the edge? He can be a DN for you. I think he can even play some limited nose. And then he can be, you know, standing up in a two-point stance and, and come off the edge. There is some versatility on this defense that I just think people need to consider. And when you're, if you're going to throw the kitchen sink at somebody, do it at a rookie quarterback. I don't care where they went. Bryce Young, confuse him. Give him different looks. Bring up stacked fronts where you just got guys heavy in the box and he's not sure where the pressure is going to come from, if there'll be any pressure or if everybody will drop back. Make it hard on him. If you do that, that's really the key to the game. Uh, they have DJ Chark. They've got a Terrence Marshall out on the edge. They've got, I mean, some pretty good building pieces, but the Seahawks are just more established. They really kind of killed a lot of what they had on defense. Uh, they got, they did keep Brian Burns, who was a threat to, to be reckoned with. He, he is very good, but th- there's still a lot of room to grow on this roster for sure. And I just think the Seahawks are better. So, moving on, I've got that down as a win. And then I've got them at the Giants. So, they go to New York, and 
they play, you know, a, a Monday night. That's their, that's their first primetime game is uh, Monday night football. Yep. I've got that as a win as well. Um, so you might say again, is you really got them starting for an O? Yes. And, and this is, this is one of the more optimistic schedule breakdowns I've heard to this point. A lot of people expect that we would either lose to the Lions or the Giants. I think this team is good enough to get out to a 4-0 start. Daniel Jones, the Jets. Just re-signed him. They paid a lot of money to re-sign him. Overpaid, if you ask me. Geno's deal is much better. But they got over on people. They kind of snuck up on people last year in a way that I'm not sure is repeatable. So while they'll be well coached, they did a great job of preventing Daniel Jones from getting turnovers. I'm not sure that he maintains that same level of ball security. But he might, just like Geno Smith might contain his same level of relative ball security. But I just don't think they have enough weapons around Daniel Jones. They really won a lot of those games by just having a great defense that kept the game close. That kept the other team from winning. But to be honest... The Seahawks' offense is just more explosive than what I believe they can maintain. Their cornerbacks are Dory Jackson and Deontay Banks, the newly drafted Deontay Banks. I'm sorry, but I'm not sure they can do much with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Jackson Smith, Jackson uh, Nick Jigba. I just don't think they can do much with it. Call me crazy, <laughs> but I don't think they can handle that. That they've added Darren Waller, great pickup for them. And I'm not saying they're not a good team. Their O line, I think, is going to be much improved. I think Andrew Thomas is a great pickup. They got John Michael Smith, a, a guy I was really high on as their center, but it's still early in the year. They got Saquon Barkley, but last time this team matched up, we matched up with Saquon Barkley. We helped the guy to 53 yards. I'm not saying they're going to necessarily do that again. But they figured out how to attack this offense and how to keep it stagnant. And I think this offense is just going to be better. The running back room is it's better. At the time that they played the Giants last year, I think they were the the, the running back room had started to get a little decimated. We were, we were starting to get banged up. The team at that point. And while they've got a great pass rush. Got some good guys in the front. Um, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau. I think the tackles will be much improved. Abe Lucas, Charles Cross, I think they'll be able to handle themselves. Heck, they played Nick Bosa and company, or Eric Armstead and all those guys. And and here's a huge thing that I haven't gotten a chance to really talk about too much, and that is the interior line will be much better. I trust that either Evan Brown or Olu, I'm going to call him Olu, the center drafted in the fifth round, will be able to hold, will be a significant upgrade over Austin Blythe, who was the worst center in the league by many metrics. And I'm going to take it that Phil Haynes 
will be equal to, if not better than, whatever Gabe Jackson was giving you. Because he was that. I mean, Phil Haynes didn't have a great year. It was his worst year, actually, Phil Haynes. But a lot of that, I think, had to do with just being in and out so much because he was switching reps with Gabe Jackson. It's just hard to get a rhythm that way. I don't think he was put in a good position. And I think he's got a lot more upside. So I think he can be equal to or better than, especially with better center play. I think that affected his performance as well. And if he doesn't do well, I still think Bradford, Gabe Jackson was pretty bad. So I think just by upgrading your interior, having better tackles that are a year, gotten a year under their belts, I just think they can handle those guys. Thibodeau didn't even have a, a, a splash of a season one anyway, like three, four sacks, something like that. I say 4-0 start going into the bye week. Now, after the bye week, they play the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bagels. And up to this point, they won't have, they really wouldn't have played what I would consider an elite offense because I think the Detroit offense took a step back, like I mentioned. That being said, the Bengals offense is full of firepower. Full of firepower. And, and, and to be quite frank, so was the defense. I mean, they've got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, if he stays. I don't, there's a question about that. They got a really good, they got a much better offensive line with Orlando Brown. They got a pretty good center, pretty good interior. Just a good, solid line for Joe Burrow. Defense, they got DJ Reader, Trey Hendrickson, uh, uh, the cornerback of Wuze. They got some really strong pieces. And then they just got guy. I mean, they got depth. They got a really good draft. They got Miles Murphy, which was a home run for them. I think it was a better fit for them. I wasn't big on him for the Seahawks, but for them, I think he will do very well. It's a good place for him to go. And unless injuries happen or they don't end up keeping Joe Mixon for whatever reason, I just, I think this is a loss. It's the first loss. Um, it's it. Is he going on a road? Um, it's an early game, 10 a.m. game. And like I said, I don't really put too much solace in that. But against the Santa Bengals, it's just a tough out, you know, going, going, playing them at home. I'm not even sure they win that game if the Seahawks were at home, let alone being on the road. So they're, they're a young team, and I think it's going to show. Now, I, my hope is that it's a competitive game, and the Seahawks, we can see that they are on their way to becoming an elite level team like that I don't think that I, I don't I don't think that they're going to get blown out and I hope they wouldn't because then it would just mean that that phone will start was just due to the you know the lack of competition and and really the Seahawks still aren't close as a team because I think the outcome of what you hope at the end of the year is that you feel like this is a elite contending team and that they're at least close. I mean, elite teams can lose against other elite teams. That's going to happen. But you just don't want them to get blown out. And that's that's what you hope to see here. All right, moving on. You're going to go back home to face the Arizona Cardinals. And just like I felt about the LA Rams, I feel about this Arizona team. Now, they will have to play against the likes of Cole McCoy, who for whatever reason just tends to 
just be a Seahawk killer. I don't, I, I can't explain the phenomenon, but I don't think even the legend of Colt McCoy is going to be able to save him or this team from winning this game. D Hop is not going to be able to save them from winning this game. It's not enough. Like they, they, D Hop and who's still great, by the way. I don't really take much stop in Marquise Brown or Rondell Moore. Uh, Zach Ertz is still on the roster, but I just, I mean, I don't think that's enough. They got a new head coach, a new, or really that coaching staff is full of first-time guys. There's really not a lot of experience on that roster at all. And... I mean, they had an okay draft. Pretty well, the draft was pretty good for them in terms of future value. Who we playing against L.J. Collier? The L.J. Collier revenge game. I, the offensive line is is not that good. They did just draft Paris Johnson Jr. We'll see what that looks like. But again, it's just not enough to save them. I think they'd be lucky to be competitive in this game. Half the guys who are talented on this team don't even want to be on it. Exhibit A, Buda Baker. Asked for a trade. He did not want to be on the team still. The team just hasn't honored that request. I guess they're going to just go along with it and say, too bad, you you signed a contract. And I understand doing that. Sometimes you got to play hardball with players. But, again, it's just not enough. They did draft B.J. Ojolari. A lot of people like him. They've got Owen Popoe. A lot of people like him. Seahawks are better. Moving on. All right. Then I sort of struggle with this stretch a little bit. They've got they've got an afternoon game, 1 p.m. game at home against the Cleveland Browns. And while a lot of people have them winning this game, I think I, I think I'm gonna go with a loss here. I think I don't think that it's quite enough. I think Deshaun Watson will be better than he showed himself to be the last few weeks of the season. I think that's a guy who didn't play football for two years. He's had that time. He's had the whole offseason. And by this time, he would have had a, an additional few weeks to get his bearings under him. I think you'll see they'll probably have the quarterback advantage by that point in the season. They don't have Kareem Hunt anymore, so it's it'll be Nick Chubb. I don't know their backup, Jerome Ford, very much not familiar with his game. Doesn't really scare me, but Nick Chubb does, especially against a team that is going to be better at stopping the run, I feel. But how much better? We'll see. <laughs> I'm not sure it's tremendously better enough to really slow down Nick Chubb. They've got a pretty good wide receiver core. They have Amari Cooper, of course. Now, after that, it gets, you know, you know. Elijah Moore, Devin, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. They have Marquise Goodwin, Cedric Tillman. Some 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 pretty good depth guys for sure. I, I just not... Uh, advantage Seahawks in terms of the wide receiver room. Despite them having some good pieces and really some... I mean, I think Cedric Tillman got some real promise there. And he might end up overtaking a slated person as a starter. To be determined. Now, they've got a great tight end. Great O-line. I mean, if Ethan Pokig doesn't show up, they've got Luke Whippler, which is a great move on their part. So, 
I didn't know what the defense would look like because it was just kind of Miles Garrett and some, you know, I didn't really see a lot of edge presence. But they've made that trade for Zadarius Smith. And so you got Miles Garrett on one side and Zadarius Smith on the other side. David Tomlinson in the middle and Siaki Ika is backing him up. Boy, that's tough. Not to mention that secondary is still a really strong one. I just think it's a little bit too much to overcome. I'm going to say mostly because of the quarterback advantage, but also I just think while I think they'll be able to hold up against the Giants front, the Browns front is better than the Giants front. It's more proven. It's more experienced. And I guess against younger players, that'll matter more than going up against a Kayvon, a Kayvon Thibodeau, right? I, that, that's more like a peer. Miles Garrett is not only a game wrecker, but he's an experienced guy. And I think Gino will have a hard time having time in the pocket. I think 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 you'll see the offensive line maybe struggle a little bit against this one. There's not even a team they're familiar with enough to, I think, really counter them. I think they have a better chance against a division rival like a 49ers because even though the 49ers roster is even better than the Browns, there's still just that familiarity from playing the tendencies and that I think that the tackles will be able to adjust to a little bit better. So moving on, loss on that end. And then I think they win against the Ravens, though. So I'm not saying that this team will lose against all the good teams because I, I think that they can overcome that. I like the Ravens as a team. Some people have that as a loss. I have that as a win. I don't think they're wide receiver. I think the Browns have a better wide receiver core than Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham, and Zay Flowers. I think Mark Andrews is better than the Browns tight end. I think the O-line for the Ravens is better than the Browns all around. And the defense has got Raekwon Smith, you know, Patrick Smith now, I think the Browns do have a little bit better defense. But I just think that, that that's why I think that this team can can beat the Ravens. I think whatever they throw, as long as they can contain Lamar Jackson, and even if they can't, I just don't see J.K. Dob- I mean, J.K. Dobbins can be a really good player. He can but I think that's a run game you can contain. You know, you do QB contain, and it may not be a game they're going to get a lot of pressure, but I just think the cornerbacks can lock down these wide receivers, and it won't even really be close. I think it'll give an opportunity for the Seahawks defensive line to really get after it. Um, eventually, I think you start off just playing QB contain and seeing how that goes and you know, stay disciplined. Let the, let the secondary do what it's going to do and maybe even be able to get a couple turnovers out of it because if you force Lamar to beat you with his arm, it's a good opportunity for turnovers and interceptions there. And I think I think it's just one or two turnovers that end up making the difference in that game. After that, they're playing from behind, and then you might be able to get after it a little bit. Still got to play some sound, some sound gap discipline to make sure that you don't get out of QB contained, but I think you can put a little bit more pressure and ultimately winning out in the end. Of course, I respect the Ravens. I think it'll be a close game, but I got a win right there. I got another win against the Commanders because they are the Commanders. 
and I'm not gonna spend a lot of time talking about Sam Howell. And they got they got a couple good pieces here, all right. But I I'm not I'm not about to keep I'm not about to keep doing this. <laughs> not with the Commanders. They got a good defense. Sam Howell, Terry McLaurin doesn't scare me. Gonna keep moving. All right. So now we enter the tough stretch. And the NFL did the Seahawks no favors with this schedule. So they got it's really cool that they do have a Thanksgiving game against the 49ers. This game was tough. Because this this a lot of the things that the Seahawks may struggle with, running the ball or defending the run. This team can exploit. But I'm going to go out on a limb. It's a little bit of faith. Maybe a little bit of optimism. And I'm going to say that they gonna, they're going to win. I'm going to say they're going to win in the Thanksgiving game. I don't know who the quarterback will be at that point. Will it be Brock Purdy? Will it be Trey Lance, Sam Donald? I don't know. But I think I don't think they're going to lose four times straight. To the to the to the 49ers. I just think that the run defense is improved from what it was. And I don't think that see the 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 49ers were able to take advantage of an extremely weak interior offensive line. They really were. They were able to get a lot of pressure to Geno up the good. Time after time after time. And it and it and it made it harder for Geno to really do much of anything. I think you give him just a little bit more time. And now he's got an extra weapon in JSN. And I think that's enough. I think the Seahawks being able to put a little bit more pressure or do more stacked fronts against Brock Purdy will will work. I think that Brock Purdy took the league by storm. And I think he is a a good player, good, good quarterback, but I also think he has limitations. There's a reason why he went in the seventh round. There's a reason why he's got limitations. And I think that the teams didn't really have a lot of tape on him going into when he, when he came in and took the league by storm. There's always an adjustment period in the NFL with NFL defenses. Always. There's always an adjustment period, and I think Brock Purdy will see, if he is the starter indeed, he will see some of those adjustments made against him at that point. And I think, I'm not sure you'll see a, a tremendous decline from his from his play, but I do think it'll balance it out. I think you'll see him get exposed a little bit more. I think teams will have a strategy that will work against him. How much that affects the success of the team, who knows? Not to mention that this is later on in the year, and we all know that the that the that the 49ers struggle with injuries. Okay, and I'm not wishing injury on anybody. I'm just saying it is what it is. They got a lot of questions on that offensive line. Trent Williams is their best player, and it's not even close. He's really the only elite player they have. And he's old. I'm sorry, but he is old. So I think that's something they can pull out. A hard-fought battle indeed, but one that, that I believe they can do. Then they go on Thursday night football a week later. They got back-to-back Thursday night games. I don't love that for the players, but I do appreciate at least that it's not two separate short weeks, that it's you know still a full seven days that they'll get, even if it throws off their practice schedule. 
I got a win there against the Cowboys because I, I also feel similarly that the Seahawks roster is better. The wide receiver core is better. Offensive line, I give them a slight edge, but I, I don't think there's a really big gap there. So slight edge indeed. People say Dak is better than Geno. We'll see. <laughs> I don't think there's a huge difference in production. Into, I de- definitely think Geno played better than Dak last year, and that's not really a battle. I think... The Seahawks might even have a better defense. Now, the, the Cowboys have better-known names. They've got guys like a, a Stephon Gilmore and, and of course, Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs, who I think is who's very good. But I also think that the talent of the young group might equal out to be better than some of the established names. And then they've got this weird thing going with Micah Parsons transitioning to be an official defensive end. We don't know what that will look like. I, I'm not sure that that's the way to maximize him. And I think that could go into the Seahawks' favor. I think they'll be able to to negate some of the things that Micah Parsons does well a little bit more with him making that transition to just official defensive end. But I do have them losing, again, against the 49ers. They're not going to beat the 49ers twice. Some people have them getting swept again. I don't. I think the Seahawks can pull out another win against the 49ers team, but it won't happen twice. So they're going to lose against the 49ers again. That following week after winning against the Cowboys. And I also think they're going to lose against the Eagles. Because the Eagles roster is stacked. I don't really have to get into detail. They had an amazing draft. They already had a stacked team. They just came from the Super Bowl. I think that's a scheduled loss. I'm not sure there's a more scheduled loss there could be on a roster. Especially during our brutal stretch like that. But then, I think the Seahawks are going to round it on home. With a win against the Titans, who I don't know what they're doing. I really don't. Uh, they got Malik Willis, Will Levis, Ryan Tannehill. I don't know what's happening at the quarterback position at this late in the year. Is Derrick Henry healthy? Maybe, but I think he could give some trouble. But they're not any other real threats. They're going to have to really use him to the point where I think it'll be predictable. There were our receivers are Traylon Burks, Nick West, Westbrook, Ikeen, and Kyle Phillips. Yeah, they're not going to have a choice but to run Derrick Henry. So hopefully he's healthy, but I don't know how he can be if those are their receivers because I don't know who these guys are supposed to be throwing to. I, I don't see the threat on offense. Their defense is pretty sound, but I just don't think that's enough to save them. I got to win. The Steelers are a tricky team to play against, but I think since, since this is a home game, I think that can be the difference. If they were on the road, this would be a loss, and they did lose when it was in their territory. But I do still like the Seahawks' wide receiver room better than theirs. I like their overall offense Better than theirs. I think Gino will have a quarterback advantage against Kenny Pickett. Not no offense to Kenny Pickett, but I, I I think pretty highly of Gino. I just think it's about our roster. Now the the defense is always gonna be tough. TJ Watt's gonna be back. It's gonna give you some problems. And that's why it's gonna be tricky. It won't be an easy game. It'll be a hard fall game. But the Seahawks are who I think they are. They will pull out that game. Now if they're not then they'll lose. So, we'll find out. But I've got that slated as a win. Because I think this team can be just that good. 
And then I finally have got them went into the cards for reasons I've already explained. So right now I have their losses against the Bengals, the Browns, the 49ers, and the Eagles. So I've only got them losing four games. I've got the Seahawks going 13 and 4. And you might say Kansas is optimistic. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, I could say they're going to get swept by the 49ers, but I, one, pride won't let me. And two, I think there are legitimate things that people aren't looking at with the 49ers that, I mean, I think they had a relatively pretty healthy year last year. I'm not sure they get that. I mean, relative to them. And I'm not sure they get that two years in a row, especially knowing how injury-prone McCaffrey is, knowing how injury-prone Debo is, just their offensive line, which really has a lot of question marks. I think the Seahawks defensive line can actually take advantage of that offensive line. I'm, that's they're not being talked about, but it's a very real possibility that they can get pushed around and make things pretty difficult for a situation at quarterback that's pretty tenuous already. And now Jimmy Garoppolo got to sit behind some pretty good offensive lines, and I'm not sure that whoever the quarterback is now is going to get the opportunity to do that. So I've I've got high hopes for the Seahawks. As you can tell with a 13-4 and four schedule, I got them pushing to, to, to win out the division. I got them pushing to be a top-four seed. That's how I see things. It, it really is. And I could be wrong. You know, you always have weird games. And I don't, I'm, I'm running out of time here, so I'm not going to be able to do the state of the roster the way I hoped. But on our next episode, my next two episodes, I want to take the time to break down why exactly I feel like the Seahawks are a 13-4 and four type of team. So we're going to do a state of the roster on both offense and defense. Well, guys, that is all the time I have for today. Uh, please make sure that you give the show a review of your listening on iTunes. Please give us a five-star review. We shout those out here on the show. If you're listening on YouTube, please give us a like and a follow. Make sure you subscribe. And follow the show at Ethos Seahawks. We get polls, updates, analysis, breaking down all the latest Seahawks news. In the meantime, guys, that's it. That's all I got. I'm out. And as always,